Hello, Boiler Nation. This is Habitual Boiler. I'm joined with Riles and Game Day Gabby. Spitting on a new pod tonight ahead of the IU uh, Purdue basketball game coming up this Saturday. Riles, how are you? Oh, pretty good. Just uh, after trying to still get over losing the Big Ten title on two banking shots, which is apparently luck is not on our side this year. <laughs> Gabby, how are you? Same, same. Boiler up. So, Boiler Nation, we have a pretty special guest tonight. Um, many of you are probably familiar with uh, uh, with her if you're on Twitter. Um, there's not a lot of nice things we can say about IU, but if there is one, it would probably be about our guest tonight uh, most of the time. Um, we have none other than my friend, Twitter's own Martha Mop Lady. Martha the Mop Lady. Uh, follow her at, at the Mop Lady, and uh, some of you may be surprised by how deep her voice is. Martha, how are you? I'm good, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. And and I've got to laugh. You know, Riles just mentioned he's you know he's frustrated after after uh, losing a chance at the Big Ten championship, and and I'm I'm uh, fresh off losing an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament or or at least remain <laughs> on the bubble. So our our uh, you know our our dynamics here are, are quite a bit different. So um, I, I you know I would just if if we could be so lucky to be in that position again. So I, I'm sitting here laughing. I'm like must be nice. So, but I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Um, so before we get started talking about Saturday's big game, um, I want to take a minute and tell you that, that many of us from the other side of the fence uh, here in black and gold country, we've really taken notice of something that uh, we think is really incredible and what you're doing with the Hoosier Ticket Project. Um, I don't care what team or sport you may be a fan of, but it's it's not hard to appreciate this whole thing. And, and it's so great to see kids getting uh, to enjoy college basketball from from families that uh, may not have had the opportunity to do so. I know this kind of started like through Twitter, right? It did, yeah. Um, just from like generous donors and you're trying to connect them with uh, the families. How did you get from that point a couple of years ago to where you are today? And and kind of explain, you know, what what the Hoosier Ticket Project is doing. Sure. No. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, it, it really got its start. You know, I, I've had the Twitter account for for 11, 12 years, you know, since I was in my 20s. And, and it originated for me just to kind of, you know, what we all do, we, you know, vent about our favorite team. Right. And, and you know, for whatever reason, I, I hijacked, obviously hijacked the Martha name. Uh, you know, she's got the famous lore with with Indiana basketball and, and hijacked that. And I think that's kind of what helped it grow. But, you know, as, as time passed, grew the following um you know it, it really the whole hoosier ticket project thing stemmed from when when indiana played in the nit back in 2019 i think it was archie miller's second or third year and um i'm a northern indiana guy and i i like to take my i like to take my mom down to a couple games a year and, and when indiana's halfway decent that can be an expensive venture if you don't have season tickets right you're you're, you're paying paying for tickets on the secondhand market. And, and, you know, by the time you make a day out of it, if, if, if you want to have halfway decent seats, it can be a four or $500 day. Right. Um, so, you, you know, and, and, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a place where, where I can do that, but there's not, there's a lot of people that, that, that can't afford that for whatever reason. Right. Um, so when, when, when Indiana made the NIT, um, they opened up 
essentially opened up assembly hall general admission $15 tickets and you know at that point I had gained a twitter following and I'm like you know this is a great time to send a family I'm like $15 tickets uh you know you can go sit where you want in assembly hall watch indiana play basketball how often does how often can that happen does that happen so I put a tweet out said hey I want to send a family of four you know anybody that wants to go that's never been um that doesn't has never had the means let's make it happen and instantly found a, a good family to send and then just a bunch of people jumped on um and it kind of it just kind of grew from there there was three or four nit home games where it just kept growing and growing by each game to the point where by the final nit game we ended up having to send a lot of the tickets to to the uh uh boys and girls club of, of bloomington because we had so many uh, and then it just it just it kept piggybacking on top of that, right? It went into the next football season. We we matched a few football tickets. Uh, went into the next basketball season, matched some basketball tickets. And through all that, I'd been contacted by my partner, whose name is Jason, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I'm out here. He lives up in Boston. He's an IU guy. He's like, you know, there's a school up here, UConn, that does something similar. They started a nonprofit." Where they're, you know, they're matching a lot of these tickets with at-risk youth or people that need the, you know, that financial barrier removed. It's like I think you could probably turn this into something like that. And I'm like, you know, that's a great idea because it it started to become a ton of work through Twitter, right? You're having people sure. reach out with tickets. You're having to find homes. I've got a daytime job, sure. So it it became a ton, and I'm like, man, I'm all about that. If that helps, you know, my my biggest my biggest goal was I want to grow this thing because I'm I'm really really passionate about it. My second was how how can more people get involved to take some of the weight off my shoulders? So, and then COVID hit, right? So everything got put in neutral. Um, you know, because we, we didn't know when we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know when fans were going to be allowed in. So we kind of put it in, in neutral, regrettably, because there's a lot of paperwork that goes into starting a nonprofit and the IRS moves really, really slow. So I wish we had done some of the legwork then, because by the time we we entered last summer and we're like, hey, let's crank this back up again so we can get it running by football season. It took forever. And we really didn't launch the thing until December uh, when we got, you know, when we. Our nonprofit was approved 501c3. So anybody that makes a donation, it's tax deductible. So and then it's 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 just a bunch of people have hopped on now with a visibility. It's had um, some me media has done some stories. We're partnering with some youth organizations. Uh, we sent a young man, um, Giovanni, who you guys may know from Indianapolis. He's a, got his own podcast. He, he grew some fame out when he went viral for meeting Carson Wentz out in Philadelphia. And he's since moved to Indy. We sent him to the game last night. But um, it's just grown and grown and grown. We're averaging in between 30 and 40 tickets donated per home game. Um, and a lot of it comes from season ticket holders. You know, most of most of Assembly Hall, it's it's kind of a problem in, in some sense. Most of it's taken up by season ticket holders, but a lot of them don't use their tickets every single game. And, and sure. most of them are in a place where they can just sit on them. They'll try to sell them, but the, the secondhand market's not great. So they've gotten in the habit of just sitting on them. But now we've become, we've started to become an outlet for those tickets. And we're, we're we're qualifying people through our website and finding really really good matches for them. So just grown and grown and grown, and we're sending a lot of kids, a lot of families. And um, you know our goal is to continue to grow and partner with more youth organizations, more inner inner city youth organizations in Indianapolis, things like that. So just scratching the surface, but it's 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 incredibly rewarding to give back to something you're so passionate about. Dude, it's admirable. Um, I, I started a, a 501c3 during COVID as well, and 
we are still, as you probably well are too, dealing with a lot of stuff. Like you said, the IRS was is so slow moving. They were slow before COVID. They're they're yeah. It's uh, it's it's crazy. And we even you know we even you know when when you're when you're when you're filing for, you know the tax deductible portion. There's essentially two different variations. And and we even went for the, we took the path of least resistance and went for the you know the expectation that we're not going to bring in over fifty thousand dollars annual. I, I think that was a number because the mm -hmm. paperwork was shorter and the turnaround time was 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 much much shorter. I mean we're talking three or four months as compared to maybe a year. Right. So it's uh it's it's crazy. I think it's I think it's fifty thousand. You, uh, you do your taxes if you're. Uh, I think it's if you're under fifty thousand. It's just like a little postcard you send in. You start yeah. going up that, then you're yep. talking big yep. boy. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work, but it's it's also it's also incredibly rewarding. Like I said. Well, there's there's not a whole lot of IU tweets that I see that I love, but it's hard not to smile uh, seeing sure. the kids that get to go to the games. It's it's really incredible. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it's obviously you know we've we've had some Purdue um, folks, uh, maybe Boiler uniforms, someone that's that's interested in doing something similar for, sure. for baseball. That's and, to say, I know a certain someone who has a certain type of following that can maybe do this. Yeah, yeah, it's um you know anything we can do to to help. You know, because it's it's at the end of the day, it's really, you know, to your point, rivalry aside and it's it's, you know, you guys are, are passionate about your boilers. I'm passionate about my Hoosiers and to be able to we all remember our first game or we all remember taking our kids to their first game or, you know, whatever that memory looks like. It's unique for each each one of us. But like, you know, th that moment's special and, and to be able to empower other people to experience moments like that, it's you know, it's 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 the ultimate reward. So, um yeah, anything we can do to help, it's it's you know it's it's something that I would be you know obviously willing to have that conversation. Well, if you're listening, Boiler Nation, <laughs> anybody that has some extra time, I was calling out you there. Did you I heard you. Up on that. <laughs> I heard you. Yeah. I I'm more. Than, yeah. our, you are our own Martha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not quite as special as Martha though. So. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm more than well happy to help if somebody wants to to help join in on that. Right? It's just I gotta have good helpers. So maybe maybe we'll be coming back and leaning on you on that. Absolutely. Some guidance. It's a you know it's a good time to you know as as obviously we get through March, it's a good time to start having some of those conversations because you're not in the thick of the season and and right. gives us some time to you know plan. So probably an after. You know, you guys have the luxury of playing, and and, and you know, <laughs> we, you know, I've I've got nothing but time. So <laughs> I, I was gonna say I died laughing. I saw you comment on um one of HHB's posts with the economy about March Madness, and you're like, what's what's this tournament you speak of? <laughs> yeah. Yep. He was like, yeah. No, I don't know anything about that. For us, it's usually like a game we play, and then it's over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I gave you more credit than that. I mean, you were a, you were. I think Justin was at that game, but you were a, a fluke uh, Virginia, you know, sequence from making the Good final. Good Lord, don't bring it up. That was a terrible night, man. I was ready to go drown myself in the Ohio River. <laughs> what a great transition! So, I, you know, I, I think I've heard Riles. You probably know this. Has a 21 Big Ten team ever been left out of the tournament? Uh, because I, I, I don't. 20 team, 20 team, 20 win Big Ten team has never been left out of the tournament. I would have my doubts. 
because and if it have if they have been it hasn't been recently because i think with expanding conference play to 20 games you're pretty hard pressed to have a 21 big 10 team that doesn't at least rack up a couple big wins just by nature of kind of like how the sec does football you always rack up good wins when they decide to rank nine of your teams in your conference you can say that you beat the 23rd ranked team kind of works in basketball if you've got six or seven ranked teams you can kind of really stack up those quad one wins i like back to the original question i don't believe so there's been teams i just remember in, in years past with purdue has mediocre teams it always feels like that 20 wins is your magic number you got to get to 20 wins i would say 20 wins and 500 in conference used to be kind of the gold standard now when you play 20 games in conference 500 in conference is kind of yeah not so if you go lose one in your non-con and you go nine and 11 or eight and 12 in the big big 10 you end up sitting at like 21 and 12 or something like that i would find hard for them to at least not end up in a play-in but so I guess I mean I, zone, you know, zooming in on the Hoosiers. Do you see two more wins ahead? I mean, because what are you sits at eighteen and eleven? Is that right? Eighteen, eleven, yeah, nine, eight, ten in conference. Yeah, eighteen and eleven. Um, to answer your your first question, do I see two more wins? Uh, no, I, you would ask me before last night. I would have said, yeah. I mean, I think Rutgers that that was kind of a playing game. I think that you put yourself in a position. Um, if you beat Rutgers, um, you're you're now in a position where you're you're likely to finish 500 in the league, um, you know. And, and I just think that looks a whole lot better on on paper. But now, because you know the the, the quad one wins aren't great, they, they don't make bad losses. They don't, you know, they they beat Ohio State, they beat Purdue, um, you know, and that's about it. They've let so many close games get away, right? And, um, you know, I think they're also going to – it also – they lost a game due to COVID early in the year. So, I mean, they're, they're, you're in a position to have your 19th win, and then all of a sudden the 20th win's a lot closer. So, you're yeah. talking about maybe only yeah. picking up one more win. So, that that kind of stinks. But, um, quite honestly, I don't think they deserve to make the tournament, right, right now. I mean, they'd have to go do some damage. They're not going to win in West Lafayette. If they do, then it's just, it's just it would take a miracle. Um and so now you're in a position where you're likely going to have to beat Michigan in the first game of the Big Ten tournament, and then and then Wisconsin. That's a big ask. So it's, it's a really big ask for a team that um, has not shown consistently that they're able to to to, to beat teams like that. So um, I, I, I think that it's a major uphill climb at this point. Rivalry aside and all that, just college basketball talk. Like I feel like. And I don't follow them, obviously, as much as you would. Um, but I feel like I've watched the same IU team for, like, five years. Like It's, like, the same issues. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of, lack of consistent perimeter shooting. And I think that, you know, mix and match whoever the coach is, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a really well, dysfunctional like, roster this year. It's um, – go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, no, you're fine. Like, the halftime collapses, the February fade, the – I think you guys start off like when we lost to you guys, everyone's freaking out. I said, Hey, I used to do some team this year. Like that well, loss yet. It sucked, but rivalry side, they're okay. And now I'm like, Oh, like 
it's yeah, in, in my opinion, you, it's probably worth. Yeah, well, in my opinion, is there's more than enough talent on the team to 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 be a tournament team. I mean, t- to me, like growing up as an IU fan, the tournament is like the lowest of expectations. There should be, and, and we're talking about, but but if you also have to take a step back and take a look in the mirror at who you are right now. I mean, you're a program that hasn't made the tournament what, what could for what could be the sixth year in a row. But I still think for a program like Indiana, with the resources they commit to the program. Everything that goes into it, the, the making the tournament is is kind of the the expectation to do every single year, regardless of how you get there. That's that's my opinion. It will always be my opinion, and I think there's more than enough talent on this roster to to make the tournament. It's it's a hodgepodge roster when you look at the system that Mike Woodson wants to run. He's an NBA guy. He wants to run that four out, one in, and yeah, he's playing two bigs at once. And you know, Trace Jackson Davis struggles against anybody with size. He gets pushed around. Um, Trace Thompson, he'd be a natural, your natural big guy in a sequence like that. But you can't not play your All American candidate. And we don't have the perimeter players right now. Anybody that can create their own shot, we don't have a Jaden Ivy. We don't have anybody that can go get their own shot consistently. Um, so it's just it's it's just very very hodgepodgey. But all that said. It's still enough talent that if you put these guys in, in specific positions and to Woodson's defense last night, they were you had just had guys miss wide open shots. Miller cop has his his best uniform or his best game in Assembly Hall was while wearing an, a Northwestern uniform. Um, you know, Parker Stewart was brought in to hit threes and he missed, you know, yeah, he hit one to tie the game, but he had missed five leading up to that. So it's just he's, frustra- that- he's got to be a frustrating player for you. <laughs> Yeah, because these guys, if they're, if if those two specifically, Miller, Cop, Parker, Stewart, if they're not hitting open shots, there's really not a ton of value they bring in terms of of they're not great defenders. So if they're not scoring, it's it's at that point you're like, and then it's at the mercy of developing young guys like Tamar Bates, Jordan Geronimo. These are guys that should be getting playing time instead of writing seniors and and not making the tournament. So it's 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 just tough. It's it's um it's incredibly frustrating. You look at our schedule and the, the amount of games we've given away. We've had we had opportunities to beat Wisconsin twice. We get five players suspended going into the Northwestern game. Had no business lo- almost still won it. Had no business losing that game. And you point back to that one is that that's a win we get. We're 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 in the tournament. So it's it's just it's you know leading by four at Ohio State with a minute left. Um, you know the list goes on. Last night it's just. I was at last night's game and to watch it in person, you, you could just tell, right? It's, it, you know, we're missing all these open threes, had a chance to be up double digits in the first half. And you're like, we're letting them hang around. You know how we play in the second half. And you just knew it was going to be a problem. And it, and it turned in, it, you know, we were, you know. It's, well, we, per- we personally know how hard it is and Ron Harper Jr. breaks your heart. It feels like this podcast is really it's young. Just, and we, okay, and so we keep saying – as bad as you felt last night, that's like Purdue times four right now. Yeah, <laughs> we, we keep you saying have this team that's supposed to be great, and then literally four of that exact same innings. Coach Painter always says, "You let it be close, crazy things happen, and they do. Yeah. And it, it just always happens against us." But uh, I'm telling you, I was watching that. I was watching the IU game last night. I was uh, traveling for work in Columbus, Indiana, pretty deep IU country, and there were a lot of IU fans there watching. And I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. When I see that, going uh, the bartender was a big IU fan. I'm like, please don't spit in my drink. I'm wearing a Purdue hat. Please don't spit in my drink. <laughs> uh, but that's brutal. And we've seen Ron Harper do that, you know, just a few weeks ago. 
uh, to us. Um, he's cold blooded. He, he's, I mean, he's so good. He is. He is. Yeah. And just to, it's it, just to watch in person. It was. You, you, and there was such a tense atmosphere as well. And there's just to see the life sucked out of the building. It's uh, and now, you know, it's such a it's the, the fan base is in such a sad spot. It's 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 rough right now. But I'm sure we'll be back. So that'll, that'll take me into my question for you. Of, um, I guess I know you probably are sick of saying next year, <laughs> but next year, if, you know, things don't work out this year. Are you like optimistic about talent coming back? I know you guys are losing a lot of people. Um, Stewart, Fantasy, I don't know. Ray Thompson, I personally, as a, as a Purdue fan, really like him. Like, he's probably one of my favorite. He reminds me of Mason Gillis. Like, um, I'm assuming these guys, Trace Jackson Davis, I'm assuming these guys are leaving. Like, are you optimistic next year? Because you kind of, kind of got a lot of people going. I mean, right now there's so many unknowns, right? I mean, if you look at senior night last night, only only two guys talked or, or you know gave, gave their senior speech, and that was Race Thompson and Parker Stewart. I think personally, I think Race Thompson is done playing college basketball. He's a guy that he was Archie Miller's first recruit. He's played for six years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's done. Excuse me, he's played for five years. He's got an op. He's got a COVID six year if he wants to take it. I just I don't think he's a guy that's going to take it. Um, what I, he and, and he would be the one guy I'd be like, please come back. I just I just think he's done playing. Like he's 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 done. You know, he's he's just done. Um, there's a big question mark around Trace. Um, you know, he's a guy that hasn't improved his draft stock at all this year. Um, you know, he's he's projected probably late second round, which there's no guarantees that you're going to even get, you know, play on an NBA team at that point. So so then you've got to look at you know. He's got some 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 major NIL deals, you know, that he's that he's working through. So so what's the what makes more sense for for a guy in his position? Come back for another year and continue to make money in the NIL or take a risk at professional basketball. So I think that's kind of a 50 50. You would ask me at the beginning of the year. It was like, a, you know, a 90 10. He's definitely gone. I oh, yeah. really assumed he would have been gone. I think he'll go test the waters again. But I think there's a reasonable chance that he comes back. And I put that more at like. 60 40 that he's gone is 60 40 50 50 somewhere in there um and, and and quite honestly there's a lot of the fan base that that thinks we played better at times without trace on the court yeah and, uh, say, i have a lot of IU first fans. purdue indiana game yeah indiana was able to go thompson at the five yep and small and that's yeah. and honestly that with Purdue right now, we'll never get to see it, but they have a lineup that could possibly benefit them the most that we'll never see is Caleb first at the five running pick and roll with Jay Nivey because you're playing more of a modern, that four out one in basketball where you're running, you can run offense through your post at the elbow, run, pick and pop versus now where it's, you dump it into Zach, you dump it into Trey. And it's kind of everyone kind of stand there and watch and take three steps left, take three steps to the right, try to get open. But it looked just like Indiana when Trace was on the bench there with those two fouls. Everything kind of opened up. It wasn't okay. We got to get Trace's touches. He needs to get the ball on the block. We got to kind of work through that. Instead, it's if someone's got an opening, let's go. Let's kind of get out. Let's kind of try to move this. And it seemed like you had said. Woodson brings that NBA influences. You know, 
basketball is a copycat sport and it tends to go trickle down from the top. You see uh, pro players spanning out, taking more threes, and you slowly see that integrating into the college game. And that's when, from the limited amount of Indiana I've watched this year, they seem to look the best is when you have Thompson, who's going to be more of your rim runner, kind of get the garbage points, get the offensive rebounds, versus Trace, where you kind of got to slow it down and make sure he gets his touches that it might honestly be in their best interest for the team going forward that Trace goes to the NBA and maybe you can implement more of this uh, NBA system because like you had said it was a hodgepodge. That's kind of what it is right now. It's a little bit still of that traditional college offensive system that you saw under Archie Miller with a little bit of the NBA influence from Woodson. And it just, it's two different puzzles that they're trying to put together. The pieces don't fit just right. It is, it is. It still, it still leaves a lot of questions, right? Because I mean, so if Trace goes and now we're in a position where it looks like race is gone, it's all of a sudden, okay, now, now who's, you know, Mike, Michael Durr is not an option to play consistently down low. So who, who, then you start looking at like the, the transfer, transfer portal. So there, it, there's so many unknowns right now. Um, we've got a decent recruiting class coming in. We've got a, a, a five-star point guard coming in that, that, you know, is, is, is supposed to be, you know, rather talented Jalen Lichofino. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's, nev- be a it's never been your problem. Talent has never it, been. It problems. never has. It, 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 developing lately, develop lately developing talent. I mean, we can't get a we can't get a a reasonable perimeter player. I I, I shouldn't say reasonable, but I I, I, I want to say somebody that can create their own shot, become that dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. player. I mean, you look at you look at J. Let's take for example Jade. I mean, you go back and look at the Jaden Ivy class, right? The, the number one player in that class in the state was Christian Lander. Right, and he was ranked ahead of Jaden Ivey by, by by quite a bit, and he can't even get off the bench. Right? right, so I mean, part of it is is the ability to identify and develop talent as well, and I think that that's. I was gonna say, you guys, have, yeah, you have a really hard time with developing what you have. Yeah, for and some that's... reason, and and I think I probably respect Painter so much when he said like he stopped chasing the guy that had like the biggest you know star on his back, and I started recruiting the guy that was meant for Purdue. I mean, we've had multiple recruits who, Carson Edwards, immediately <laughs> jumps to mind that weren't great, weren't ranked high, but were really good for our system. Yeah, so and that's, yeah, that's it's, yeah, it's, I mean, you look at like, the, the, I mean, you look at this last six years and, and it's not like the recruiting hasn't been a problem. It's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 for whatever reason, we're bringing these guys in and they're not developing whatsoever, uh, specifically on the perimeter, and that's that's where the biggest struggle's been. So, if I remember right, Lander was a reclass, right? He technically should have been a high school senior last year. Yeah, I mean, this is technically his his, his freshman year. So do you think was that maybe should have been encouraged to not reclass? Because I, I remember watching him last year. And it was, you wouldn't think there's that big of a difference between a high school senior and a college freshman, just based on age and your typical development curve as you grow. But it was very clear watching him and just kind of seeing how at that point he had developed physically that he was needed at least 
a solid year in the weight room before he was physically ready to actually go out and play 10, 15, 20 minutes a night in Division One Power 5 basketball. So do you think that maybe him coming in early has kind of thrown everything off track for him? Yes and no. I mean, I think that the – it, sure, he could have benefited. I think he should have stayed in high school, but I, I, I think he's, in, I think in a sense he's, he's incredibly overrated as well. I, I, I uh, can he handle the ball? Yes. Um, not a great outside shooter. Can't really defend. Um, you know, I think he'd probably be at his best surrounded by a really good, really good shooting guards, um, or a really good stretch. You know, combined with a, a good stretch four. But, you know. He hasn't been afforded any of that at IU, and and his his biggest struggle has been his ability to defend. He he gets out there, gets quick fouls, can't keep any, anybody in front of him. I'd be highly surprised at this point if he's in an Indiana uniform next season. Um, I think he's. I don't think I, I, I Woody hasn't given him much of a chance whatsoever. I don't think he's a huge fan of him. So I just he's a guy I think probably going to look for opportunities somewhere else. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I can already hear, feel the feedback coming that we're we're turning into too much of an IU block here. So, yeah, let's talk boilers. I agree. Well, I, let's <laughs> talk about the game. I mean, I uh, I don't have a whole lot of good feels about it right now, but um, it, we were really hoping that this game we were going to be dropping confetti, putting up a new Big Ten championship banner, but that's kind of been snuffed from us here. So. What's better? What's better than beating IU? I guess for the last regular season team, I don't feel as confident uh, as I did because I believe I know IU's lost some games, but they they've shown streaks of being really scary team, right? and they'll be an inspired team fighting for their NCAA tournament life coming into Mackey at your at your arch rival on the road. Um, I don't think we can walk into that game thinking that we're going to run them over. And honestly, with how both teams have been playing kind of in the last minute of some of these close games, you might see the resistible force against the movable object because the way the last couple weeks have gone for either team, neither one can seem to close it out late. Even the couple wins, Rutgers game aside that Purdue has had lately, tried to let Northwestern back in. The Maryland game was a almost a cataclysmic disaster. Same with the Ohio State game, too. So I think Indiana's the first five minutes will probably give a pretty good idea of what it's going to be like if Indiana is ahead. Don't come out hungry to dominate a win after two losses against your rivalry at home on senior night. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I have no hope for March. If Mar- Martha, from just the, run them out of Mackey, to be honest. From from the outside looking in, Martha, we're pretty down on the Boilers now, and I I I've been kind of the uh, trying to bring everybody that back down to earth, right? You just lost two road games in the Big Ten. It's never a shame. I don't even care if it's Penn State. That's tough. The Big Ten is hard. Um, we wish we could have pulled off at least one of those wins. But I, I still think we have a pretty good team. From the outside looking in, does it look like the Boilers are, are starting their, their normal march 
uh, implosion? No, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, is I mean, there was so much buildup for this team, right? And I think the Big Ten Championship was kind of the expectation. I mean, you've got Jeff Goodman asking whether the Boilers are going to run the table in the Big Ten. And, you know, just build up all year round. You had the two guys playing on, you know, this past summer on, on you know, the, the Team USA. And, and you know, it's it, it was... And it is. I'm not saying it was. It, it still is one of the. I think one of the one of the better Purdue teams, and and you know you can go back quite some time. Um, but one of the most talented Purdue teams ever, quite honestly. And um, that hasn't changed, right? The Big Ten is the Big Ten. Um, you, you know, it's it. Who, as an IU fan going into the Cole Center, we, we haven't won in the Cole Center since the '90s, I think, or something. I it's something stupid. And then winning at Michigan State, that's another another tough ask. And and. Um, and you're right there, right? Um, so I, I, I think you, I mean you look at teams that I think have a chance to to win it all, and it's it's a group of eight nine teams, and you guys are certainly in that mix. Um, I think it's going to come down to your ability to defend perimeter players and, and things like that. But um, I think there's a lot of frustration because the Big Ten championship was the expectation, right? Everybody expected to win that. And when that doesn't happen, it's like, here we go again. That's that winning the Big Ten is really, really hard. It's not, it's not, it's not the given that I think a lot of people thought it was for Purdue. There's other tough teams. And it's, it's, it sucks that it's Wisconsin because I can't stand Wisconsin either. But um, I freaking hate Wisconsin. I think yeah. I might hate Wisconsin more <laughs> than I you this year. I, they were na- nasty at Assembly Hall. And I was like, I really just don't do not like this team. <laughs> well, we didn't do any favors. I mean, we had two opportunities to beat them, and and um, I still think you're a better team than Wisconsin. Um, I quite honestly, I I thought so. I had a chance to go to the Indiana Illinois game at Assembly Hall, and um, the second half that Illinois played is is probably one of the best second halves I've seen a team play this season. I mean, they just didn't miss that. Their, their guards were hitting everything. Kofi, Kofi Coburn was huge down low. And I'm like, that's a team that can go. If, if they play like that, they can, they've got a chance to win it all. And, um, you know, so, so to see them have some of their wild struggles that they've had, like go to get, go get crushed at Rutgers and, and, you know, they dropped a couple other questionable games. I, I thought they'd be up there too, but they're another team who I put right there. All it takes is getting hot and <laughs> hot for a couple games, right? It's, it's, um, I mean, you can throw, these last two games out of the window. And um, I, I still think Purdue's got every opportunity to go and, and make some major noise in March. Since you mentioned Illinois, this is actually one of my favorite, well, depending on my mood, it's either one of my favorite or one of my least favorite facts of the season. Does anyone know what the average age of Illinois' starting lineup is? It's got to be. Oh, it's got to be 24. It's 22, 23. 23 years old. They've got, I think it's a 25-year-old, a 24-year-old, two 23s, and I think Coburn's the youngest, and I think he's 22. So, and then if you look, the COVID years kind of really tilted the Big Ten race on its axis a little bit because you have Illinois, who's basically their average age is all people who should be out of college. Wisconsin brought back Davison, who's production has taken a back seat because they have when Johnny Davis is at sometimes just an actual literal fireball that you don't need Davis in the score, but he seems just from watching Wisconsin, the kind of the typical coach on the floor, making sure everything is still moving. And then you have a team like 
Purdue, who it's when your best player is when your two best players are sophomores, you don't necessarily have that experience. And when your upperclassmen, one, didn't show up until mid-January, and one, who basically disappeared starting in mid-January, you don't have that extra leadership that some of these teams that have repeatedly been through the ringer. So it's kind of sucks to say you lost the Big Ten, but you're also, when you're relying on sophomores at the end of the day, you're still relying on kids who really haven't been through it like Illinois has, like Wisconsin has. For sure, for sure. Get old and stay old, right? That's That's, right. That's the motto. With that said, I mean, who do you expect to go through? um, Well, I guess I don't know that they would necessarily need to go through your senior day for, you know, program. But, you know, I always lose track because this extra COVID year. And and obviously, I think Jade Nivey's gone. But who else else do you guys expect to lose from from this um, specific roster? I'm hoping the list is rather lengthy. It sounds like... (laughs) None of the three seniors, so Williams, Hunter, and Stefanovic, are going to come back. They sounds like that was something that was talked about before the season, where Painter asked if you want to come back, you still have this. It seemed like they're all pretty content at moving on. I think Sasha's got probably a decent chance to play in Europe, just especially with his nationality. He'll be able to. Uh, have more options overseas just because he's not a straight-up United States citizen, which kind of gets into issues when you're playing uh, overseas, and sometimes they have limits on how many Americans can be on a team. I guess Travion's going to go through the draft process. I don't see him. There's nothing. He's kind of in that weird thing that, Trace, that Jackson Davis is, except maybe not so much NIL. There's not really anything in college that he's going to get better at that is going to help his draft stock that he's he is at this point what he is i don't know if i agree with that he can come back and be uh trey from um december and and incredibly improve his draft stock we just haven't seen that it seems like he's been relatively quiet these i mean i I remember he'd be a guy that would i think about some games you guys had last year you know at michigan was it at michigan or at michigan state where he was just kind of the difference michigan state he won that game well that's i just said like when we started the season we had literally two starting lineups we had an all-american coming off the bench and lately (laughs) we have no bench he's been been pretty quiet lately right very like five games he yeah. shot incredibly poorly on shots that he, I would say just this is, these are going to be completely made up numbers, but they sound good in my head. Shots that you would reasonably expect him to make 65 to 70% of the time. He's probably 45 to 50% on those this year. His yeah. little jump hook over his left shoulder, yeah. which was all automatic is, it's just, is it's it just off. Is he thinking, is he with Jay Nivey? Because we're kind of going through this whole Jay. We love Jay Nivey, but kind of thinks too much. Gets in his too much in his head, like not following his instinct a little bit of you know, what happened off to him. Bench, coming off the bench messes with you, no matter how positive you are. When you think you're the best and were the best a year ago. I don't know. Why would, they change, why would they change all of a sudden, though? That don't make Well, I know you have a bad game or two, and um, 
your, your mental attitude changes a little bit. You know, another guy that I really thought would 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 develop, and again, excuse my lack of of I don't have a ton of of Purdue knowledge. It's just a name that when I when I when I do kind of follow you guys a little bit, a name that I don't hear much is Brandon Newman. I thought he was just gonna say if he says Brandon Newman, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that's all of us are in. Well, I just it's just funny how recruiting works. It was like you know each school was this was back in like. You know, each school was recruiting Brandon Newman and Armand Franklin. It was like, you know, we're gonna, one's going to take one, the other's going to take the other. And well, I think um, we're all kind of like, why isn't he seeing the floor? We're having some issues with our guards. Like, why isn't he seeing the floor at all? Like, not a minute. He's lost all mm-hmm. playing time. I, I don't know if something happened. I don't, I don't know. I think we're all kind of dumbfounded as Purdue fans. In so, college, yeah. it's hard to play. 10 guys consistently as I can attest to having up close and personal watched Iowa for the last decade. Brian McCaffrey's best teams tend to go on runs when he limits his rotation. And when they've struggled is when he's got 12 guys he thinks should play and he plays them. And it's hard to get everyone in a rhythm. And I think Newman was the 10th guy in a nine man rotation and there's got to be something that he's not doing in practice because if you look at him, that's he's like the prototypical two guard that you would want next to yeah. Yeah. NBA sure. size, defensive potential, good catch and shoot yeah. from three. I wonder if he's going to leave. We don't know. It's you, you know at this point it's like you you just have to expect I mean you, obviously you don't know what you don't know but you just have to expect in the era of the option to transfer without penalty and and obviously the portal it, it, the expectation that that there's going to be some unexpected roster turnover just has to be in the back of your head and um, well so and Peter said like I wonder if he gets caught up because he I was like listening to him and I think someone brought up Newman and he kind of said like there's some maturity issues or like learning the game, but he was like, it's almost like he gets caught up. Like he was like, I need to get first more minutes. Like I almost like he forgets, like you're in the game, you got these guys playing and it's like, does he not think, Oh, let's just call them in. I don't know. Yeah. Guys. Go ahead. No, we're closing. I think we're over an hour now. And I, (laughs) people probably, I know we bore our two listeners. When we get going pretty long. So I, I want to close with a couple things here. First, we'll get the game predictions. But Gabby and Riles, I want you to say one thing nice about IU. And Martha, I want you to say one thing nice about Purdue. <laughs> Why would you prepare this for me? So. Uh, no, we need this on the spot. Riles, you go first. See, this is easy for me as this kind of being ambivalent to Indiana because I didn't grow up around any Purdue or Indiana fans, so I have no negative stories or experiences with Indiana fans. Then the counterpoint is that I honestly don't know that much about the university or anything in particular to that. Uh, The nice thing about Indiana, I would say, is... You said you it was easy. You, <laughs> you might have you might have to go to Gabby because I'm gonna actually Pause. have to think about things about Indiana before I can. All right, we'll, co- we'll come back to you, Gabby. Gabby, 
Say something nice um, can about I. Just I... Call out, I already called out a specific person. Can I just use him again? Yeah. A player? Yeah. I love Ray Thompson. I think he's awesome. Um, I guess I'd love any fan base. You know, you guys are passionate. <laughs> I think that you are like dying to be, you know, relevant again. And, and you can't hate people for loving basketball. And, um, you know, I guess I respect that. Martha, give me one thing nice about Purdue. Um, I think Purdue has the best home court advantage in the Big Ten. Um, in one of the top ten, top five, you know, I, I don't know how I break it down nationally, but it's 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 one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball. I think it's a combination of a couple things. One, obviously, the fan base, passionate, but two, the the building. The way the building's lined up, it's 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 it, you know it's compact, it's tight, it's that little dome, and the sound just bounces off of of of, of the ceiling. So it's I've been in there when it's cooking, and it is it is one of the loudest atmospheres I've ever been in. And so um, you've got to respect that and appreciate that. I think a lot of people, you know, get these these these, these Twitter bitch bites where it's oh assembly hall is better Mackey's better and i i, I, know, I certainly think Mackey gets louder I, they're both they're they're both amazing atmospheres for their own for their own different reasons really i mean assembly hall is a unique awesome building in and of itself but Mackey, i think because of the way it's set up because of the passionate fans it's always full it's 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 a tight quarters the way it's built it just becomes loud and deafening and damn near impossible to win uh when you're the opposing team for, for sure. The the only problem is we don't get to play NCAA tournament games there. So. <laughs> Sasha can't, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, I, go there. I have my good thing. As much as people do clown on it, and I do from time to time as well, I'm a sucker for basketball tradition, and I do think it's Indiana has such a rich history of being that upper echelon program and kind of something that a lot of teams wanted to model themselves after. And it's, I know right now it's kind of in the wilderness, but it's, it's just, it's nice to be able to say that, Hey, like winning at assembly hall means something. Cause think of who's played here. Like this is yeah. it's like everybody who falls best, best with Bobby Knight, you know, they know that history. Well, I'll switch sports and I'll say uh, Memorial Stadium has gone from one bigly, big, ugly eyesore to something I'm pretty jealous of now. Um, uh, I have not been there uh, since all the renovations, uh, but the pictures and on TV, it looks pretty incredible. And I think I saw it the other day for some reason on Twitter or something, and I had to do a double take because I thought it was Ohio Stadium. Um, so it's pretty impressive. Uh, and you know, probably ain't all that bad, but uh, I I'm pretty jealous of what Memorial Stadium's done. So there's a it's, lot of it, 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 that's a that's a great point. I, I, it was embarrassing back. I remember even back like 2000, 2000. I mean, it was like a modified high school stadium. So the work they've done to it, and quite honestly, it was the facilities in general were were such poor shape. So essentially, they in, in many cases they've just got on even playing field. But that's a that's a facility that they, they've done pretty well. So that's a good point. All right, real quick, we're going to go around. Let's let's get your game predictions. Uh, I'm going to start with Riles. What happened Saturday? Uh, Purdue, 74, 
Indiana, 62. That's a row. Gabby. No, if we're, not, if we're scoring 74 points, we're losing. We need to score some points. Let's, I'm going to go Boilers 86, IU 75. Holy cow. You think we're going to score 86 points against Indiana? We should. They've got the best defense in the Big Ten. I don't care. You know, it was just a couple of years ago that uh, Purdue beat Indiana in Assembly Hall like 47 to 46. <laughs> and <laughs> Pretty. I saw that on the I saw that on the infamous graphic, and I'm like, God, who had to sit through that game? I was, was there, I was there. Ooh. It was terrible, but we won. So. By the way, Lenardi just put us out as a three seed, number eleven. No, that's not a surprise. Martha, what's your what's your t- uh, prediction? Um, I think Purdue wins 76, 62, 64, somewhere in there. I think we I think we struggle. Uh, I think Trey Galloway was kind of a, a pest to Jaden Ivey. Round one doesn't look like Galloway is going to be available. Um, I think I think Ivy comes out for blood and has a really strong game. Um, and then we're just kind of victim of the atmosphere and a victim of our inability to to to, to score on offense. That's my two cents. I guess I'll be the Purdue pessimist here. I don't think Purdue will lose, but I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I think Purdue pulls it out somewhere in the range of 75-70. It's not decided. I don't think the game will be decided until the final two minutes. Martha, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. I'd love to come back on sometime. Are you guys doing this through football season or is it just a basketball thing? We don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's – yeah, we're, and I think that's our selling point is we're just three normal sports fans it. talking about. I, love it. I appreciate the opportunity. But uh, Boilers, if you're not already following Martha, give her a follow. Follow at. Don't feel obligated. I can be, you know, look, there'll be times when I piss you off. There'll be times when you're like, you know, we, we, we always we have to get our jabs in as rivals. Right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's not a rivalry. It's not the occasional jab. So you just don't want your own risk. You've got enough Purdue mentions already. You just don't want more. That's <laughs> it's, you know I've got a I've got a lot of Purdue followers and they're they're all good people so I, I appreciate it. But it's it's fun to go back. I told you I just started following you. You're on my mm-hmm. friends list now. Yeah, well you'll see my dramatic uh, post. Uh, you, you, you're lucky because we're entering a stretch where there's really no activity because there's nothing going on. But you'll get to see a lot of my dramatic. You know I get pretty dramatic after losses, which seem to happen regularly. So. <laughs> Yes. Yep. But so kudos, kudos to you on the Hoosier TikTok project. Thank you. Extremely so much. jealous. Um, uh, and boilers, go go give Martha a follow at, at the Mop Lady. Um, Gabby, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Take us out of this. Oh, thanks. Okay. Um, well, thanks for following along. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Boiler up, beer down. Available on all platforms. Follow at Riles23, at Habitual Boiler, and at your favorite Game Day Gabby for all your Purdue takes. Thank you, and Boiler Up. Go Boilers. Cool. Yeah, you. <laughs>